when a child is diagnosed with a serious, life-threatening illness, everyone in the family is affected. These stories from those families will move and inspire you. The children are gentle and determined. The parents are resilient and courageous. Courageous Parents Network provides a safe space that supports and empowers them, validating their experiences and promoting their stories so that others may also find hope and strength. Welcome to the Courageous Parents Network podcast series. Wendy is currently 12 years old. At the age of three and a half, she contracted an E. coli infection that resulted in what's called hemolytic uremic syndrome, which causes kidney, pancreatic, and heart failure. Wendy has had many surgeries, including a kidney transplant, and continues to struggle medically. Right around Halloween, you started having horrible stomach pains again. So he took you right back down to the hospital, and the surgeon said he had to take out a little bit more, so he took out maybe another inch of your colon. So you missed Halloween that year, you were in the hospital, and you've seen the pictures of you with the Halloween costume over you on the hospital bed because we couldn't put it on you because you had so many tubes. Well, um, we brought you home, and you spiked a fever, 102 fever, and you had a horrible, massive infection. This was this, probably the sickest you'd ever been. And so we brought you back down, and you coded. Do you know what it means to be coded? Fainted? I mean, your heart stops working. And so we had to have you resuscitated, and then you stayed in the PICU for all of November and about two weeks of December. And we had to do um, Thanksgiving in the hospital, which you don't remember because you were unconscious, and we had to do Christmas in the hospital. I remember that. My name is Wendy. I am 12. My name is Darcy Daniels, and I am the mother of Wendy. So after that episode, Daddy and I decided that you and I had to move down to Boston and live there. And during that time period, we had sort of revolving door friends that would come and stay a week at a time so that I could work on your medicine and your doctor's appointments and the insurance, and they would stay and play with you. So around May, right around Mother's Day, um, Dr. Sharma, we we were at a visit with her, and um, she said to me, so now we have to talk about Wendy getting a kidney transplant. So we worked you up for a kidney transplant, and Daddy and I weren't matches. So we had... What is that? Oh. So we didn't... We both have type A blood and you have type O blood. So a couple of people tried to be your kidney donor. I don't know if you know this, but none of them were good matches. And so we had to wait for a kidney transplant. So you were really, 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 really sick. You were taking 14 medications in different combinations every two hours. I remember taking that yucky brown kind. Mm -hmm. The doctors said that you were going to need a transplant, and they put you back on dialysis. So we went in to get um, the dialysis. And while we were in the hospital to get the tube, um, the nurse came in, and it was Katie. And she said, am I your favorite nurse? And I said, well, I said, you're like one of my top five nurses. And she said, well, I'm going to be your favorite nurse after I tell you this because we have a kidney on its way for you. So it was um, coming by helicopter. And you were already prepped because you were already in the hospital and you hadn't eaten anything because they had just put this thing in your belly. 
And everybody was so excited. Like, Daddy and I were excited, but, like, all of the nurses and doctors were excited, too, because you had been in the hospital for over 180 days. And everybody knew you, and they were so excited that this thing was happening. So we brought you down to the um, operating room. And you know this part of the story, I think, that I was pregnant with Penny, and I couldn't go into the operating room with you. And so I was waiting in the hallway of the operating, like, room set of suites. And I watched the um, fellow bring your kidney to the operating room. So she had it in sort of this wax box. And so she was trying to, she was, like, holding it with, like, one arm, and she was trying to put on her mask so she could go into the... No, so she could go into the operating room. And I was so scared she was going to drop it. Like, I just kept thinking, oh my gosh, please don't drop it. Oh my gosh, please don't drop it. And so she brought it in, and um, we had to wait. So we're, Daddy and I are waiting, right? It's waiting, 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 yeah. waiting. And um, they told us to come up to the um, um, PICU waiting room, um, like between 12 and 1. So we did. And um, then uh, we saw you come by. We weren't, allowed to, we weren't allowed to like go in your room yet, but we saw you come by. And they told us that the kidney was already working. And everybody in the PICU was excited. Um, we were excited. And then we just sort of had to wait for a while. Like we had to kind of sit tight until we could see you. There was a boy that donated it. Um, he had died. His name was Dalton, and he was 14 years old. And um, he died on January 31st, 2009. And you finished your transplant on February 1st. And so I don't know if you know this. I don't know if I've ever told you, but um, we always celebrate your kidneyversary on February 1st because I always feel like it's not fair to celebrate on the day he died. Yeah. So I always give that day for his mom. I um, wrote her a letter saying thank you. Yeah, about six months after your transplant. And um, it took her three years to write back because she um, needed time. And when she wrote back, she told me more about her son and um, similarities that you guys had, like that you both like mint chocolate chip ice cream. And um, she told me some nice things about him. I always sort of think of you as like Harry Potter, you know, like in the beginning of the story, Harry Potter is the boy who survived. And by the end of the story, he's done all these other great things. And I always sort of think of that for you, like the doctors and nurses would always tell me, well, now they tell me how sick you were and how you were one of the sickest kids they'd ever seen. And that's a lot coming from doctors who see sick kids all the time. Yeah. But, like, you've done so many other amazing things now. Like, I sometimes feel like even the sickness isn't much of your story at all. You know, like, you've um, won medals in the Transplant Olympics and you um, have um, done the... You've done soccer and you've won... Um, triathlons for your age like you do these really cool things and it almost feels like it's not fair to include those things from when you were a little kid because you do these cool things anyway but like it's even cooler based on the fact that you were so sick when you were a little kid what do you think you want to be when you grow up I think I said a veterinarian before but I think I did another one okay what else? Not veterinary for people. 
Oh, you want to be a permanent doctor? <laughs> You'd be a great doctor or a great nurse. Whatever you do, it'll be with people because you really love being with people. I can never see you, like, in an office just working with numbers. Like Dad. Like Dad. <laughs> I don't have any more questions. Okay, me either. I think I'm good. Music you heard in this episode was by Chris Zabriskie. Please visit CourageousParentsNetwork.org for more stories of courage, wisdom, and compassion.